This is Industry Matters, powered by VGM, a podcast about community, belonging, and connections. VGM is a member service organization uniting large and small, durable and home medical equipment providers across the nation. VGM also serves the respiratory, complex rehab, wound care, women's health mastectomy, home accessibility, and orthotics and prosthetics communities. Today we have a special episode featuring U.S. Rehab and Permobile. Hello, everybody. Tyler Mankey here with U.S. Rehab, the Director of Business Development and Operations. I've got a couple folks from Permobil with me here today that I'd like to introduce and get started with our podcast today. I have Ashley Detterbeck, the Clinical Education Manager with Permobil, and I also have Dan Kelk, the Territory Sales Manager. I uh, would like to welcome them and thank you for hopping on the call today. Ashley and Dan, let's just start by having you both give us a little bit of your background, a little bit about how you started in complex rehab and ultimately how you ended up working with Permobil and on the manufacturer side. So Ashley, ladies first, I'll let you start and then Dan after that. Okay, well, thank you. So I am a physical therapist is my background. I've been a physical therapist for 17 years. As long story short, I left college wanting to be an ortho sports med and three months into my career in outpatient physical therapy, thought this is boring. So I transitioned to uh, wheelchair and seating clinics and honestly have never left. About three years ago, I transitioned over to Promobile, just looking for that next new adventure. And this is where I am today. Dan, do you want to go ahead and do your introduction now? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Tyler. So I started... My career in complex rehab in 2006, a dealer in the Twin Cities, actually a reliable medical supply, a BGM member. And I was working as a service technician and then worked into a rehab technician role delivering wheelchairs and really just fell in love with the equipment side of it. And I was working towards my ATP when the Permobile Territory Rep job came available. And I jumped all over it, submitted in my resume and application. And that was about six years ago and been running with it ever since. Great. Thank you for the intros. Just while we're talking quick, you know, with the difficult times that we're in right now, how has uh, both of your roles kind of changed since uh, COVID-19 came about? Now I think we're at the point where things are starting to open up a little bit. The clinics are starting to open and you guys are able to see some providers and start fitting for equipment and things like that. I'd like for you guys just to give me a quick rundown on where you guys are at right now, how your roles have changed, and maybe a little bit of perspective on how you see things maybe changing in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely it was a huge transition. You know, we came from, you know, being out in the field, being very front and center to then spending our days behind a computer. One of the things that I think that Permobile really kind of excelled in immediately was we took the virtual platform and just kind of ran with it. We did a lot of education as far as, you know, the clinical component of it. But as we started to kind of field all this weird new world out, we definitely started to see that there's, you know, we were able to do a lot more. And, you know, and Dan can speak to this as well. We did consult via FaceTime, which was something that as a clinician was never available for us to do. I feel that as we continue on with this, that I think a virtual platform is going to probably continue to kind of still hold a little bit of clout in our business as we go and allow us to touch much more people as well as still maintain that face-to-face. 
Yeah, I would absolutely agree to that. My day-to-day, Tyler, has changed quite a bit. You know, like Ashley said, we were very hands-on, multiple clinic appointments every single day, whether it be evals with clients or in, in services or follow-ups to deliveries, things like that. And, you know, with a lot of our outpatient clinics closing or just not allowing people in that aren't considered essential from an in-servicing standpoint, it went from high, high level activity to just an immediate halt. But we did jump on that virtual platform pretty quickly and we were able to start more uh, more so with in-servicing and, and stuff like that where we have some PowerPoints that we can share our screens with some of our dealers and some of our therapists. But that's also opened up into the telehealth and whether whatever platform the hospitals are using. She had a great example, a very successful eval last week via a virtual appointment where we were doing a pediatric eval for a kiddo who was in one of the, the permobile chair they had at their home. We had the ATP on the line, the family on the line, and then also the therapist on the line. And it went really, really well. A lot of times when you do a, you know, with pediatrics, especially you get a kiddo who's comfortable in their home, but then all of a sudden they're in a clinic where they have four or five strangers looking at them and we're expecting that kiddo to perform at a high level or at least a decent level of understanding of the equipment and how to manipulate it. And it can really turn into that. They get nervous, they get scared, and they just really don't react the way that they had at home. And I've been in cases like that happened and, you know, the mom and dad are sitting saying, he does so good at home, he does so good at home. And with this, he was in his home and he did amazing. And it was kind of an aha moment for me where, I don't think clinical appointments are going to go away by any stretch of the imagination. They're still very, very valuable. But in certain situations, it's extremely valuable to have that telehealth and just keep people in their environment. And it allows people to get together and really see how they are interacting with their environment with a piece of equipment. That's great to hear. Thanks, Dan. You say a lot of good things about Permobil, how you guys are quick to adapt and seem to kind of lead the way in a lot of different bases in our industry. Permobil's only seemed like such a fun company to work for. You guys have a beautiful campus just outside of Nashville. I have not met one bad person that works for Permobil. Can you guys just tell me a little bit more about your company? Tell me a little bit about the culture and what it's like working there. Yeah, absolutely. When I came on board, like I said, about six years ago, it was, like you said, I hadn't, I hadn't met somebody that's negative or that you, you just don't really get along with within the company and it really translates to a family culture, and we, I believe, have run, run with that very, very well from the inside office, the folks that are taking phone calls, whether they be in customer support or service or parts, to the folks that are in the warehouse and the shop actually building the chairs all the way out to management and, and the sales rep group across the country, a very tight-knit. We keep a lot of open communication. I think it's something that really is a testament to the family culture of Permobile from its roots, starting in 1967. But with the Udin, Pere Udin and, and the family, they really did a good job, I, I feel like, keeping that culture and pulling it forward through the years. I completely agree with you, Dan. The transition from a clinical life to manufacturing, that was one thing that when I left my clinic, I had a family. It was the first job I ever had. And so when I transitioned to Pummelville, that was the immediate vibe that you got was this giant family that supported one another regardless of what happened, whether it was really good, whether it was really bad, or whether it was tragic, we've always been there for one another. And so it makes 
wanting to do good for this company really worth it. We all see the same mission statement. We all fully believe in it. We want to just better our end users. And so we just get to do that and we have a lot of fun doing it. Perfect segue, Ashley. Thank you for sharing that. From a permobile's perspective, I want you to share a little bit. It seems like you guys lead the way from a clinical education standpoint. You seem to have a very well-tuned clinical education team. Can you talk a little bit about that team, how you guys structure that, and what you guys do on a day-to-day basis? Of course. We are consistent of about 10 clinical education managers. We span the entire U.S as well as Canada. We do have clinical education in the European market, as well as Australia, New Zealand, and Asia. But a majority of our clinical work here in the U.S. is very segregated to territories, which means that we are, you know, in a designated territory. It's kind of our responsibility. Uh, We work directly with our reps. And so because of that, we can actually form some really good bonds, not only professionally, but as a family. And so you understand each other's work ethic, you understand their drive, you understand their family life. And so as a clinical manager, what we basically do is not only provide clinical education, of course, CEUs, but we help with consults and we assist with standing eval or difficulty evaluations that maybe a new therapist is a little overwhelmed with. We often act as a resource to our reps as well as to the entire company as things are needed. Um, It was definitely a vision brought forth by our previous director, and he felt that this was something that was definitely needed in our industry and pushed very hard for all of us to be present and picked out each one of us individually, and we've made such an amazing team over the last several years. Great. I want to transition the conversation a little bit to talking a little bit about your standing equipment and power chairs. So, Dan, I want you to share a little bit with me about kind of the history of Permobile and the history of standing equipment in general. Yeah, so at Permobile, we have, like I said earlier, it was founded in 1967 in Sweden, and it was founded, I think maybe Ashley mentioned when we were talking about our culture, uh, by a doctor and really focusing on the end user and putting the end user first before funding sources or before codes or anything like that. And with that, actually, 43 years ago, Permobile created the first power standing chair, which is even as a Permobile rep, when I saw 43 years ago, I was kind of astounded just to have that foresight back then. And really, since then, we've just been trying to perfect the system. And I would say back in, I think it's 2008, we got into programmable standing sequences. So that's something that really is important when we're talking about how all of these clients that we keep saying could be possibly appropriate for standing. It really probably wouldn't be if they could only stand in one way. Everybody's body is different. Every range of motion or diagnose affects somebody a little bit differently. So with that, we also have programmable standing sequences and micro adjustments that are available in the chair. And that really just stems from, again, just that forward thought of how do we make this the most appropriate for the client, not necessarily worrying too much about the funding source side of it. We, we know that we can get the funding if we prove the outcome. So how do we make this the most beneficial for that client is really the approach we've taken to it. I hear a lot about the benefits of standing from a quality of life standpoint, self-esteem can play into it. Being able to look at your peers from a high level is obviously a huge benefit as well. Can you talk a little bit more about that and talk a little bit about some of the health benefits also that you see with this type of equipment? There's a lot of benefits when it comes to standing in general. 
you know, not only that psychosocial component, Tyler, that you were talking about, but the medical component. We know from the research that obviously bone density improves with weight bearing, respiration, circulatory systems, our ball and bladder is a big one. As therapists, the first time you stand up a patient, you have to be prepared for ball and bladder release. And so it has a massive medical benefit that I think as able-bodied humans, we take for granted that we can do this all day long. And so as the research has started to develop over the last several years, we're starting to see more and more that this prolonged sitting is actually more detrimental on our lives than standing by itself. So, uh, it offers a lot of great medical as well as some of the functional benefits that go along with it. Great, great. Who do you see are the best candidates for standers? And if I were a new ATP in the industry or working for a new provider that doesn't do a whole lot of standers, how would I be able to identify whether someone is a good target for this equipment? I think one of the things that we need to take into consideration is think about our daily lives as able-bodied humans, what we're able to do and what we do standing. And then you put that in the perspective of your patients. A majority, not almost all, probably roughly about 95% of these patients or end users were standing either prior to their injury or prior to the diagnosis. And yes, there are a few out there that, you know, had birth defects or, or situations where they weren't able to stand from the very beginning. But a majority of us stood prior to that disease process or that diagnosis. So, you know, we really strive in thinking of, standing first and ruling out standing versus, you know, putting somebody back into a seated position versus trying to push somebody into standing. And maybe Dan can speak a little bit more to that on some of the ways that he tackles that directly in the field with clinicians. Yeah, actually, actually, I couldn't have said that better. That is something that we definitely have tried to strive for is looking at standing as the first option. Most folks, like Ashley said, were standing at one point in time in their life. Uh, you know, one thing that we've been doing that was a struggle for quite a while is we've been trying to get into a lot of the inpatient clinics where there are the transitional rehab programs where you have new spinal cord injuries or new injuries, strokes, stuff like that. And these folks were standing, you know, two weeks ago, a week ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, very, very recent. So while we have to be concerned and watch their body and work closely with therapists and doctors on making sure that it is appropriate for them to stand up, most of those folks, it ends up being that it is, and it, it can be a process. You know, change is, is a process, not an event. And with that being said, we've seen a lot of success getting some of our equipment and getting some of these standing frames or standing chairs into clinics and standing people up during their therapy stays. And that transitions really, really well into getting somebody into a standing power chair. So, Dan, my question for you is, if I were new to the CRT industry or had never really done standing equipment and maybe was a little intimidated by the process, what could you give me in regards to advice on how to get into this? And does Permobil have some type of tools or guidance or mentorship programs that you could help me get into this market a little more? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing that I would say is work with your local rep. They're going to know that market specifically and be able to help navigate that. Something that a therapist said to me a while back when I first started is when we're talking with folks that are new to possibly standing, whether they be a new ATP or have been an ATP for 20 years, is if you can find what I would consider, quote unquote, a champion therapist and just talk to them and tell them that they can do this. They can get standing approved for their clients. 
it really can change the culture within that clinic or within that therapist. And having that buy-in from the therapist does a couple of things. It will not only start to bring standing into the conversation during your evals, and you'll start to see standing trickle in or at least trickle into the conversation, but it can also, for that ATP, help to really differentiate themselves within that market. If you have a market that there is no standing happening, but you get on board with it, and you're showing the therapist that, hey, you know, this ATP or this dealer is really forward thinking, that can really drive the to come to you. And yes, it is a process, and yes, it is difficult, but I feel like it truly can be a little bit of a separator between an ATP to an ATP or even a, a dealership and set yourself apart. Great. Ashley, one of the buzzwords that we keep hearing, whether we're at the International Seating Symposium or Ability Expos or at a Heartland Conference, something like that is outcomes. I would think that positive outcomes with a patient can bring in quite a bit of ongoing business for a provider, not only with that individual client wanting to come back to you year after year when they're needing new equipment, but also from a referral sources standpoint. Can you expand on that a little bit, talk a little bit about outcomes? Of course. Outcomes have been around for quite a long time. In the clinical world, a lot of clinics, a lot of hospitals get paid via outcomes. So for the clinical component, that's not anything new to them. I think as it's transitioned into the industry of CRT, we're starting to hear more and more of it. There's not necessarily true tests that you take. It's more of those personal outcomes. And you kind of knocked it right on the head there, Tyler, was you get a great outcome with an individual client that client is going to continue to come back to you. They're going to continue to come back to you for their next chair, their bath chair, their hospital bed, their lift, any additional equipment. And so you've not only taken the effort and maybe worked a little bit harder on the front end, but you're going to get a lot of return on the back end. When you start to get those good outcomes, clinicians also take notice. It is something, you know, practicing in this industry for many years, I really got to understand my equipment suppliers that were going to give me the outcomes that my patients ultimately were going to have the best results with. And so you tend as a clinician to migrate towards that. It looks good for the equipment supplier, it looks good for the clinician, and it truly benefits the patient. In addition, one of the things that we've seen recently in the last year is that a lot of the funding sources are also taking notice, Wisconsin being one of them. They're starting to notice that we're getting great outcomes with specific devices or when it comes to standing or complex rehab and being a little bit more open to saying, you know what, if you continue to follow this model and you continue to give us really great outcomes for our beneficiaries, we're going to start to consider this a little bit more. So I think, you know, the outcome shouldn't be that it's a super scary endeavor, but it's definitely something that, you know, should be on your radar, should be part of your business model because it pays off in the long run. Dan, do you have anything that you want to add to that? No, I mean, she, she really succinctly put that. I, I think just to drive home the importance from the clinician side of it, as a dealer, your phone will rank more by spending a little bit more time creating the outcomes that can happen with the appropriate piece of equipment, whether it be a standing power wheelchair or even if it's not a power standing chair and it's a, a manual chair or you would consider a standard like three function or four function chair, the more successful your outcomes are, the more your phone will ring and ultimately you will see increased business from that. You're exactly right. That's exactly why we're in business in this industry is to provide the best outcomes to the patient, whether it's 
benefits our bottom line the best they can or not. But I think this is important to talk about is the outcomes of making sure that patients are getting the equipment they need, they're comfortable, they're able to reach the things they need to reach and able to interact socially with their friends and family. It's all very, very important. So thank you for sharing that, both of you. We're coming up towards the end of our podcast. Do you have any cool success stories that you can share with us in regards to getting somebody into standing equipment? Yes, I have a great one, actually. About a year ago, we were educating a group of therapists at the Freyer Hospital down in Milwaukee. And halfway through the education component, one of the therapists pulled me aside and said, do you mind, we have this, you know, we have this patient here who's very eager to stand. We've been working very hard on standing. He's been in a standing frame, and ultimately he's coming up for his first wheelchair eval after being in rehab with us. And so would you let him try the demo chair that you guys brought with? And so my rep with me, he and I both agreed. And so, of course, you know, he already passes the standing component. He stood up. It's safe. The therapist is there. His family was there. And as they transferred him over, he was very soft-spoken, very, very quiet. He barely could be heard as he's asking questions about the chair. As we transitioned him to standing, his wife is standing there with us, and she asks him a question, and out of nowhere, this loud, boisterous voice came out of this body that she hadn't heard in months. And they immediately, she starts crying, he starts crying. They ran to get the speech therapist because this was something they had been working on for the months that he was in rehab. And just in that seated position was never able to give him a full breath to get any type of voice out. And so as soon as he stood up, he just let out what he assumed was his normal voice, and it, he got the attention of the entire PT gym. It was absolutely amazing. But ultimately, they ended up documenting a lot of that, and they went into his wheelchair evaluation that day knowing that they were going to be doing a Probabil F5VS because obviously there was huge medical benefit for him. And it was probably one of our first real successful standing chairs in Wisconsin, and we got it approved, and we ultimately got it delivered for him, and he has never been so excited and so happy. Wow, that is unbelievable. I don't know about you guys. I got goosebumps a little bit after hearing that. That is fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. So before we wrap up here, is there anything additional, Ashley or Dan, that you guys would like to share about permobile, standing equipment, outcomes, anything that we've gone over, anything else that we missed? I think the biggest thing that I could say going forward or the biggest maybe piece of advice is don't be afraid of it. It is not as intimidating uh, as it may seem. We offer with Promobile such a great resource with our sales reps, with our clinical management team. We're always there to lend a hand, whether it's a difficult eval or a difficult delivery. We're always present. And so, you know, don't be afraid of it. Tackle it, get it, you know, get that care, make that patient happy. Because ultimately in the long run, that's going to make you feel better and, and make your business better. Great. That's something I've always appreciated about working with Permobil reps specifically is the amount of time you guys are willing to kind of take away from your day to step in on something or help an ATP out on some equipment, maybe do some programming over the phone, things like that. I've really appreciated that and kind of seen that throughout the years and it doesn't go unnoticed. So Dan, Ashley, thank you guys both again very much for your time and hopping on this podcast with us. This is Tyler again with U.S. Rehab Operations and Business Development signing off with Ashley Detterbeck, Clinical Education Manager, as well as Daniel Culp, Territory Sales Manager at Pernalville. Thank you guys very much for your time and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks, Tyler.